So hey, we're in a series right now called Peace. Can y'all say peace? peace? Up until this point, we've really talked a lot about what it looks like to experience God's peace in our everyday life. And how many of y'all think that's been helpful? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope you have. Otherwise, I don't know why you're coming to church. I mean, how many of y'all thought that was helpful? Yeah. I think God's peace is supposed to be a reality in, in the life of every believer. And, and it's also something that calls people towards Christ because when they see it in other people, when people who don't know peace, who are familiar with chaos and turmoil, and they see peace in people's lives, they're like, what is wrong with you? And we get to go, no, it's what's right with Jesus. You want to know him? And it's such a beautiful invitation for people to know him. So today we're going to kind of move into uh, what it looks like to express peace. You know that we're, we're a church that's all about experiencing and expressing the love of God, right? And, and peace is a byproduct of God's love. Basically, any of the other attributes, any of the fruits of the Spirit that you see, those are all uh, byproducts of God's love in our lives. And so really, you could kind of throw anything that God wants for His people and to say that He wants us both to experience it and to express it. Amen? And this applies to peace as well. So I wanted to talk about how we as a people, how we as believers express peace. Does that sound like worth talking about? Yeah? Awesome. We're going to start off in some scripture. And I'm going to give it to you raw today. I'm going to give you Jesus' speech. All right? Uh, so check this out. This is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. It says this, Now Jesus saw the crowds. He went up on a mountainside and, and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. How come? For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Reading on. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Y'all ready to read this with me? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. Read these bold words with me. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Whew. Reading on. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that a good portion of scripture? Come on, y'all. Isn't that good? It's such a beautiful thing. Jesus lays out clearly to us that, that there's such an interesting and countercultural way to live for each one of us. You know, that, that first part that we read about blessed are you when you're persecuted. What? I'm blessed because I'm persecuted? Well, you get to see God move, don't you? There's so many things that are laid out there that it's like, this makes no sense. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because it's opportunity to see God move again. We get to see him comfort those who mourn, and it's so beautiful. And what Jesus said is he said that as we as a people live these things out, we do not blend in. Can you say, I do not blend in? I do not blend in. We refuse as people just to blend in with status quo. I don't want to do life like the rest of the world. Do you? No. I want to do a different kind of life. I want to do a life that makes no sense for Jesus. And that, that's this message today that we're going to be talking about. We're talking about being peacemakers. Can you say peacemakers? Peacemakers. peacemakers. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? Well, just like everything else, y'all, it's pretty countercultural. It's pretty countercultural. That means that the way that Jesus invites us to make peace in this world does not look the same way as other people think peace is made in this world. So, Romans 12, the two main texts that we're going to be talking from today, if you want to write them down and study them out on your own, are Matthew 5 and Romans 12. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Amen? Yeah. We're going to read that again because I want this to set in. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Y'all ready to read? Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Who said that? The Lord. the Lord said that. So, the first part of what it looks like to be a peacemaker is the fact that we are told outright to never retaliate. Did you hear me? We never retaliate. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we don't uh, move and are influenced in ways to change things, but what it does clearly say is we do not retaliate. We do not say, oh, you did me dirty. I'm going to do you dirty. Ever. We do not play by the world's rules. We do not try to fight and win a fight on the same terms, and then there's peace because somebody won. What we do is we retaliate, not, not with evil, but we see things change with and for the goodness of God. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that good? I think that this is something that believers really, really need to cling on to. And we need to let it apply to every category and every thought process. I love that song that we sang this morning, Take My Thoughts. You know? I love submitting all of my thought processes to him and just saying, Jesus, I want you to be king. 
I want you to shift my attitudes. I want you to change and transform the way that I think about everything. And that includes the way that we think about peace being made. Because we are called to be what? Peacemakers. Peacemakers. So we are outright told, never retaliate. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. And never take your own revenge. Now, why would God tell us that? You know what I think? I think it's because we really, really suck at judging. Just on the real. I think we make absolutely terrible judges. And I think that God sees people's hearts, right? God sees the whole equation, y'all. God sees everything that we don't see. Because when somebody does me dirty, right, sometimes it's just me thinking they're doing me dirty. You ever been there before? Oh, my gosh, the way they said that. You know what I mean? Relax. You know? Maybe you heard it wrong. Everything about that? Huh? And oftentimes, y'all, we just don't understand the behind the scenes. Everybody's got a behind the scenes. Right? Everybody does. And everybody is a person. And if people are acting a fool, then the issue is not that they are evil. It's because they are hurting. Never depersonify the enemy. Remember that every person is a person, a child, a God, maybe a lost one who needs to know their father. Amen. We do not attack people who are hurting, Amen. even if they're manifesting it in a way that is attacking us. We do not return evil for evil ever to anyone. Amen. I need a bigger amen on that. That's important. Amen. Ever. We do not do that ever. Ever, ever, ever. I want that to sit deep within you. So refusing to retaliate is trusting God's response instead of our own. Do you hear me? It's trusting God's response instead of our own. I can tell you almost every time I've acted in a way of self-defense, I've screwed it up. Almost every time. Almost any time that somebody like does something against me and I in the moment am like, uh -huh. I screw it up, almost always. And scripture tells us that you're probably gonna screw that up. You're probably going to engage in not peacemaking, but evil making. And I don't wanna get all caught up in the emotional fluff of the moment, and I don't wanna step into God's turf, try to play God, and dish out judgment. We are peacemakers who do not retaliate. We trust God the judge because he said, I am the one who will repay. I, I love how God does it too because essentially, if y'all have ever had a hard time getting your mind around the wrath of God, right? Like a very New Testament perspective on God's wrath is God lifting his hand and letting people go and letting them do whatever it is they're going to do. Letting evil collapse on itself would be a good way of saying that, right? Because how many y'all know a life without God collapses on itself, yeah? And that's essentially what the New Testament has to say about the wrath of God. And when we reach in and we try to uh, uh, retaliate, we move from being peacemakers to evil makers. 
and that is not good. I don't play around with them kind of tools. I only play around with the tools that God gave me, the fruit of the Spirit. That is where I live. That is where I stay. And any other thing needs to line up with our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 We have been called to make peace. And I'm going to tell you all how we make peace, but I want to kind of dive a little deeper into this not retaliating thing because it is important. Um, Jesus outright corrected a spirit of vengeance. Did you know that? Let me show it to you. Let's pull up some scripture. This is Luke chapter 9, verse 51 through 56. It says this, When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. So what's going on, y'all? Jesus is trying to get to Jerusalem. He sent some people ahead. They went. They were like, hey, Jesus is coming. They were like, we don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. No, thank you. Because it says, but they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire? <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all ever just read scripture and you're like, whoa, y'all took it there quick, didn't you? You know? Lord, do you want us to command fire? To come down from heaven and consume them. Jesus, he called James and John the, the sons of thunder. I wonder why, right? They're just like, <laughs> goodness gracious. But listen to this. This is Jesus' response, okay? Jesus was trying to get somewhere, right? Jesus' disciples went before him. They were like, no, we don't want to have anything to do with this Jesus. He's going to Jerusalem, and he's a Jew, and we're Samaritans, and we don't really get along, right? There was conflict going on here, right? And so James and John, they get kind of crazy with it. Let's rain down fire, Lord. Burn them all to a crisp. <laughs> and this is what Jesus does. Verse 55. But he turned and rebuked them. Huh. How many of y'all have ever wanted to rain down fire on somebody? <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. I know it's real. I know that sometimes, church... People are really good at pushing your buttons, right? I know that people can be really good at saying those things that just set you off. And I know that a lot of us are like, Lord, can we rain down fire? And David did this all the time. You read this in the Psalms, man. David's just like leveling with God. And he's just like, Lord, let's crush them. Let's destroy these people. You know, and he's just like throwing it all out there. Sons of thunder, they're throwing it all out there. But Jesus, he takes this as a moment to correct the way that people had seen things up to this point. He rebuked them and said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. Ouch. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? That's a painful thing to say, but it's a powerful thing to say, isn't it? Because this is a very big correction. He's saying, y'all, 
You aren't acting in accord with my spirit. You don't know whose spirit you're of. He's, he's alluding to the fact that they're yielding to Satan. So it says, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. Listen to this. And then he says, Jesus clears things up. He says, this is, this is my kind of spirit. This is who I am. Let's get on my level. He says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Isn't that powerful? And then they went on to another village. They didn't try to pound through where they were not received. They went on to another village. Isn't that interesting? They didn't rain down fire. They moved on. I think that's a very interesting thing. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and what? And destroy. What were they asking? They were saying, can we destroy these people? Can we rain down fire on them, consume them, and destroy them? And Jesus was saying, no, 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 you've misunderstood things. You don't know what spirit you're of. And in John 10, 10, he pretty clearly defines what kind of spirit they were of. The thief. I don't want us to be a church that gets things fuzzy. I don't want us to be a church that has uh, the lines of Satan and Holy Spirit blurred. I think that's a very dangerous place to live. I think we clearly and in undiludedly live lives expressively for and by the Spirit of God. And anything that doesn't line up is a mind, it's a, it's a thought that needs to line up with Him. Amen? Amen? So in your mind, if your response to being hurt is to hurt, that's wrong. Okay? Did you hear me? I know, I know that it's, it's, man, there's a reason why revenge movies are so popular. Right? Have y'all ever watched a vengeance movie and just been like, yeah, get him, get him, get him? Yeah. Anybody or am I alone? That's because it feels good to your flesh, but it denies self-sacrificial love. That's what it does. Some of the most powerful Christian stories I've heard are the ones who forgive people when they do not deserve it. That's different. That's different. When, when people are hurting us, when people are coming against us, and we say, no, instead of dishing out to you what you're dishing out to me, I'm going to forgive you and love you unconditionally. That stands out. That is a light. If the church blends in with how everybody else does everything, people are going to look at the church and go, meh. I don't want that. I do not want that. I want people to look at us and think we're crazy. I want people to look at us and be like, what is wrong slash kind of right about those people? But they will, not do, they, they will not do that. There will be nothing to draw them if we just look the same as everybody else. Right? right? Yep. This is a major way that we stand out. We make peace. I get excited about this. I get excited about this. I get excited about hearing more of these stories where believers are extending forgiveness where it is not deserved. Because that is believers acting like the Lord they believe in. 
Instead of just being like, okay, yeah, well, Jesus did that, but I'm not him. He's a little bit too great, you know. I could never be Jesus, right? Jesus said, these things you'll do and greater things you'll do because you'll have the Spirit of God in you. And the people of Christ at large will live Christ-like lives who surprise people and draw them into strange, seemingly illogical ways of living. And one of them is a refusal to retaliate. So you might be at this point, you might be like, okay, Pastor Stephen, James and John, they were just a little bit extra, you know? They were just like, okay, raining down fire for saying, Jesus, you can't come here. That's a little over the top. But you know, a little bit of retaliation, a little bit of evil for evil, that's okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let me show you. Jesus, in Matthew 5, again, this is one of our core portions of Scripture. Jesus spent a lot of his time while here on the earth correcting the way people thought about things. He says this, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. That's justice. That's how I want things to go. You punch me, I'm going to punch you right back. You know? That's, that's what our flesh wants to do, isn't it? And it's almost perceived as cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. If it ain't Jesus, it ain't cool to me. Amen. It says, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. And Jesus says, but I tell you, who did we declare as Lord? Jesus. That was not a trick question. Who did we declare as Lord? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so when Jesus says, y'all have heard something, but I'm saying something, who do we listen to? Jesus, we submit anything we've heard or thought, any way we've perceived something, we submit it all to his lordship. And Jesus says, I tell you, do not resist. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do not resist an evil person. Huh. Do not resist an evil person. If, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. Well, that's just that crazy Jesus. <laughs> Pastor, we're just people. We're just people. This is just crazy Jesus speech. Let's stop dumbing down Jesus. I refuse. I refuse. I do not want to do that. Let's live like him. Let's listen to him. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt. Anybody ever, ever had have anybody come up and be like, I want your shirt? <laughs> no? Right? Like, I don't know. I, I haven't had anybody do that to me. I could imagine somebody doing that to me with my sneakers, right? Because usually they're a little bit outlandish. But you know what? If somebody says, give me your sneakers, and I'm like, no, they're mine. <laughs> then I'm giving this moment power. Right? I'm giving this moment power. But if I'm just like, you want my coat? I'm going to put my sneaker back on. <laughs> and I might not just kick it at them either. You know what I mean? Wasn't that a bond thing? Didn't somebody, or was that a hat? Anyways, you know. 
I'm not just going to kick my shoes at you. Fine, take them then, you know? But no, we take the power that could be had in a situation and we show people what grace looks like in that situation. And it gives people pause. This will make people stop and go like, wait a minute. What do you mean I can have your sneakers? Why are you giving me these? I'm, I'm trying to steal them from you. Well, I'm going to take the enemy trying to thieve and I'm going to turn it into a moment where I get to bless. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, what else you want? Because anything I got is God's and therefore that means I hold it loosely and therefore that means that I'm willing to bless you with it. Right? <laughs> this is a hard message to preach. Right? I'm going to keep on asking y'all, right? We need to be willing and ready to turn any moment that the enemy would seize as his own and flip it into an opportunity to bless. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. <laughs> I love it. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus said this, but I tell you, love your enemies. Yeah, let's read this together. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. Reading on. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. This is talking about God's unconditional love. He extends it to everybody. He is unchanging. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? That was kind of like a diss. Tax collectors were not liked in that day. And he's like, even the tax collectors love people that love them. He says, but don't the tax collectors even do that? And he says, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What are we talking about? We're talking about being peacemakers. And so far, I've done my very best to show you from Scripture that we are never to repay evil with evil. Can you see that in Scripture? Can you embrace that as truth? Okay, so what does it look like then for us to actually make peace? Because, you see, we can respond to things a few ways, right? When evil comes knocking, either we can just, like, give up and run away, right? That's an option, right? Like, ah, and run away. We can either repay evil for evil or, this is my favorite, we can overcome evil with good. If you want a, de a definition of what it means to be a peacemaker, it is one who overcomes evil with good. And that is our call. It is not overcomes evil with evil with the hope that a good fruit will be on the other side of that. That's how the world likes to do it. It is a people who overcomes evil with good. 
Again, we've already kind of talked about how to do that. We, we recognize moments where the enemy is trying to work and we go, I'm going to let God do something here. And it's amazing when we yield to him and we see him do that. So I want to very clearly lay out to you that, that this is not wimping out. Sometimes it's really frustrating to me when, when people get in non-kingdom-oriented mindsets about power, right? It's like, no, it's powerful to be like, ah, we've been fed by too many movies. We've been brainwashed by the world. I want my mind washed by the water of the word. Amen. Amen. That's what I want. I want to be brainwashed by Holy Spirit. Everybody's being brainwashed by something. Actually, I mean, <laughs> some people just know they're washing with the dirty water. You know what I mean? Everybody's, this is constantly being confronted with things that want to shape it. And I'm only going to let this be shaped by the Spirit of God. And I say that in faith right now in Jesus' name. And let's live lives like that. Amen, church. So, this is not wimpy. It is overcoming by refusing to get caught in the devil's trap. You could look at the Facebook pages of many Christians and recognize they've been caught in this trap. I'm just saying that. I would, I would, I would highly encourage you, brothers and sisters, before you post anything anywhere, ask yourself if it lines up with the heart of Jesus. Ask yourself that. Maybe you don't need to share that article. Maybe you don't need to be a, a son or a daughter of thunder right now. Right? Maybe it's a moment to extend love. Now again, we can be a people who reaches into a dark world with light. And we will see things changed. Do not confuse what I am talking about with just giving up and letting the world go to hell in a handbag. Right? I'm not into like uh, cubby mindsets. Like, well, we're just this really good group of Christians over here and the world is the world and it's really terrible. So we're just going to watch it all go down. Hopefully in flames. <laughs> just like throw in flames on the end of anything. <laughs> but you know, that's sometimes the way that Christians think. Check yourself. Actually, silence yourself to let Holy Spirit check you. I would say if you're in a frenzy, that's not a good decision to say or make any kind of decision. Calm down. Calm down. If you're all like, <sighs> if, you're, if you're a tea kettle about to whistle, man, just take it off the heat for a minute. Go to the back burner and approach things when you are not on the verge of being a mouthpiece for Satan. Do you hear me? Oh, I'm excited about what God's going to do. So again, Romans 12, 20. I want to read this to you again. It says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. Who does this sound like? Jesus. Good job. <laughs> this sounds like Jesus. The reason I ask you that is because this is Paul saying this now. We're in Romans, right? So Paul here and now is quoting Jesus, but you know what else? This is also actually found in Proverbs. That's why those words are all caps, is because those are taken from Proverbs. Isn't that interesting? 
We see glimpses of God's heart in such powerful, amazing ways in the Old Testament as well. It says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, we're going to get back to that because that, what does that sound like? Fire, right? You know what I mean? But it's a different kind of fire. This is a good fire, all right? It says, and y'all ready to read? Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Don't let your identity be in winning an argument. Did you hear me? Man, you're going to get all sorts of fired up if you winning this argument is the basis of your identity. But if you can approach everything, just like I'm a child of God, that is where I get my worth. That is where I get my identity. I refuse to let the enemy fluster me up to where I'm going to work on his terms. I'm going to engage in every situation, even the ones where the enemy is coming against me, and I'm going to utilize them as opportunities to distribute God's love. Isn't that powerful? And we don't have to lose our cool about it because they're not threatening our worth. We're just saying, you want to know yours? Isn't that beautiful? So, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Not lose the battle to evil with good. It says that goodness demonstrated in the face of evil is overcoming. And we need to get that straight. You might not even externally see the manifestation of you winning, but nonetheless, it is a win when anytime the enemy is coming against us, we demonstrate God's love to the person who is currently being a vessel of him. Because people are not our enemy. Amen? If anything, they are people who are yielding to Satan. Oppressed is a beautiful word for it. Because then we, and I know it's very, very, very hard to do this, then we move from a place of going, I hate you, to a place of you're hurting. How can God help you out of this? Isn't that powerful? It's so different. It's so different, and it is overcoming. Strength in the kingdom is trusting God, not flexing on people. You know what I mean? Not being like, ooh, take that. It's like, take that. I'm going to bless you. That's what it is. So, the way we fight evil is by blessing the one yielding to it. I would suggest you write that down if you have something to write down with. The way we fight evil is by blessing the one yielding to it. We are peacemakers. We distribute blessing to everyone because God sends his reign on, on, on the unrighteous and the righteous, the evil and the good. We are not deterred by how people are moving uh, in association with the enemy. We love every person and we show them God's goodness no matter what. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to show you the best picture of this in the whole wide world. Because it's Jesus on the cross. 1 Peter 2.20 says this, For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? It says, But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. 
Has anybody ever done something right and suffered for it? Yeah? Anybody? Yes. Now, it's not often that I say that is your lot in life. But Scripture says this is going to happen to us. Okay? This is something that we will regularly see. And it is an opportunity for us not to shift out of a place of saying, I am always going to be a blessing. I am always going to come evil with good. I am not going to go into the devil's playground. It's so amazing. It goes on, it says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Now this is talking about Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Y'all ready to read? And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. This is what we're talking about, you guys. This is what we're talking about. He says here even that Jesus wasn't going to judge him in this moment. He said, I'm going to trust the Father in his judgment. I'm going to leave judgment to him. But it says that while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. That's so powerful. So, again, we always respond with a blessing. Let's look at another portion of scripture from 1 Peter. It says this, to sum it all up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Y'all ready? Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. So I'm not just talking about being passive about everything. I'm talking about the way we retaliate ain't even retaliation because it's flipping everything on its head and giving a blessing instead. Instead, we bless. Instead, we bless. For you were called for this very purpose, that you might inherit a blessing. So, there's another portion of uh, Scripture in that Romans 12 passage. Let's go ahead and pull that up. Romans 12, verse 18. There it is. This is kind of slipped in there, and I think sometimes it's accidentally used as an excuse to not do the very things that Jesus has told us to, because it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. You could say all people. This is talking about all humanity. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Now, some people have misread this to mean that there is a threshold that well, if possible, so long as they don't cross your line, your threshold, then you can be at peace with people. But if they cross that line, it's time to crucify them. I just need to give you, I'm, I'm going to attack every out that we could possibly have because that is nonsense. What this is saying <laughs> is that not everyone will be at peace with you, but you can be at peace with them. Did you hear me? I'm sure people consider me their enemy. I'm sure I got some people that are like, Stephen, I just hate that dude. <laughs> you know? 
But I'm just on the real, like, I, I genuinely do not hate a single person. I can't. Even if somebody was spitting in my face how much they hate me, I just can't. I can't. Because the Spirit of God, he, His love has been poured out in our hearts. And if we're responding and we're living life with Him, we will not hate people. Ever. We will love people. We can hate what the enemy's doing, yeah. But we do not hate people. Period. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. I am at peace with all people. Are they all at peace with me? I have no idea. Probably not. You know? I know a lot of people, they, they just don't like you. Guess what? People didn't like Jesus. Who's your Lord? Jesus. Right? If possible, so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all people. Just because peace wasn't received doesn't mean that it wasn't made. Did you hear me? We've been called to be what? Peacemakers. Right? That means that we make peace. We extend blessing in the face of a curse. Right? That means that we make peace when we do that. Peace is a gift. We extend it to others. They can go, no thank you. I would rather not. It's a very polite way of saying no to your peace. But they can refuse to be at peace with you. It doesn't mean you didn't make it. It doesn't mean you didn't extend it. Right? And it doesn't mean that you need to live the rest of your day or your week all concerned about the fact that they didn't accept your peace. Right? Jesus actually said this to his disciples when they were going around preaching. He said, when you go somewhere, say, peace be on your house. Right? And he says, and if they don't receive it, fine. You're blessed anyways. Get out of there. And you know what you do? You shake it off. That's what he says. He says, kick the dirt off your feet. Dust it off. Because not everybody is going to be at peace with you. And if your worth or your identity or your security, again, is being based upon everybody being at peace with you, having peace towards you, you are going to live a tormented life. Good news. We are at peace with God and we extend that peace to everybody else. Isn't that beautiful? So please, please, please do not let the fact that some people don't like you make you change in an ungodly way. Okay? You keep doing what God has shown you. And people will react how people react. So, our action is never... Our reaction is never determined by people's action. We stay in peace. We bless, we love, we pray for, we serve. Now, how many of y'all want to get back to them burning coals on people's heads? <laughs> I know somebody does. Goodness. So, let's take a look at it. This is verse 20 of Romans 12. It says this, But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, all right, I want y'all to give this all of the oomph that you've got, okay? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What is this talking about? So we bless people to hurt people? Wait a minute, what? 
We bless people so that we hurt them. That's not really what's going on. But we are certainly hurting their flesh. We are certainly hurting pride. We are certainly hurting what the enemy is doing. And you know what's really going on? Is when evil is being demonstrated and it is met by somebody who is acting on behalf of Jesus, who's not going to give in to that, not going to react in the same way, but it is met with a, I love you. It's like a mirror. And that person can see the true evil that they are manifesting. Now, when people are confronted with the truth of how evil they are acting, that can go a multitude of different ways. Okay, that can lead to a moment of repentance. It can also lead to you getting stoned to death. Hello? Right? Y'all read your Bibles? This happens, okay? You know what, you know what Stephen didn't do, Stephen? When he, right before he got stoned, you know what he didn't do? Take the rocks and be like, suckers! <laughs> Wasn't dodgeball. It's not what was happening, right? No, he got stoned to death. But I genuinely believe, and you know what's funny? It says that when Stephen was preaching the word to them, I don't have the references for there, it's in the book of Acts. But as Stephen was preaching the word, people were being confronted by their own evil in such a way that they literally put their fingers in their ears. That's what it says. And they screamed, and they ran at him and stoned him. Isn't that wild? So sometimes when, when peace is being demonstrated, Right? When, when we're dishing out a blessing, when we aren't giving in to the enemy, people are going to see how truly they are acting a fool. And that can, again, be an awesome opportunity for people to go like, whoa, what in the world am I so worked up about? You know who's really good at this? Pastor Paul. He is, man. I can tell you from personal experience, I've been worked up about something before. You know, especially I remember in the early days, you know, when, when we were at the old building and Pastor Paul would be in his office and I would come annoy him for hours, you know. But I remember I would come in and I'd be all fired up about something. I'd be mad, you know. And he'd just be like, mm-hmm, yeah. And he'd like speak some gentle wisdom, you know. And I would walk away from that just going like, oh my gosh. I was getting so carried away. Maybe I, was, maybe I was in an angry place. Maybe I was yielding to the enemy over the thing. And, and when I was met with such gentleness and peace, I was aware of how ridiculous I was being. Right? Again, if somebody's thieving from us, we say, you can have my shoes. Right? And they're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know? Instead of if you're like, no, they're mine. Then they're like, give them to me. You know, it's back and forth. And it starts to justify their action. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Yes. Cool. So here's a succinct way of putting this point. Evil will be confronted by its performer when it is responded to with love. Kindness in the midst of hatred will reveal to someone their own error, but what they do with that revelation is uncertain. I think that's important. What they do with it, that's uncertain, but we keep on being Jesus people distributing the love of God to everyone all of the time. Amen? Amen? So, lastly, remember people 
are never truly your enemy, all right? Our enemy are demonic forces. And those things can be broken with the power of God. So let's demonstrate the power of God. Let's not try to fight with the world's tools. Let's demonstrate the power of God and see what happens. I'm genuinely excited about this. My anger at Satan should stir me up to love and serve the people who are under his dominion. Do you hear me? My anger at Satan should stir me up to love the people who are yielding to him. Because that's their way out. That's how they get out of the darkness. That's how they get out from under his dominion is when they are rescued from it by Jesus Christ and people who are being the body here on the earth. It's important. It's powerful. So, can we pray? I feel like that's just a good way to close this whole series. Lord, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you for just this vibrant and <laughs> seemingly ridiculous way of life that you've called us to live. Um, here and now, every single one of us, we just want to thank you for your peace. We want to thank you for all of the different components and aspects of it that we've talked about throughout this series. And, and we want to be a people who experience your peace regularly. We want to be a people who are not um, flustered all the time. And Lord, we want to be a people who interrupt the world with your goodness, who surprise people with your awesomeness, who are peacemakers. Help show us what that looks like in our everyday lives. Lord, help show us opportunities to bless those who hate us, to do good to those who hurt us. Lord, show us the people that we need to pray for instead of hate on. Holy Spirit, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you and, and we thank you for showing us uh, ways that we can influence this world with your goodness. We thank you for people who are yielding to evil in this earth, being radically transformed as they are confronted with your love. Thank you for peace. Peace, peace, peace. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.